What's up, everybody? Welcome back. The Through Line Outdoor Edition. So, let me give you time for people to complain about whether or not there might be some sound or an airplane or a truck or a guy. There's going to be stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're aware, but it's a pandemic. You know what I mean? So, people find themselves in different situations, and that's one that I'm currently in where I have to shoot this here. Which is why I promised you guys, hey, I'll run it through the end of May, even though I knew it might be tough. Um, I do want to say thank you for all the people that reached out to me once I said that this was going to be going Bayonara. Bayonara. Ooh, that's not a t-shirt waiting to happen. Not Sayonara. Bayonara. Actually, that's just going to be my new tagline. All right. Bayonara. Um... There's no question I'm not saying that for the rest of my life. Bayonara? Why is everyone not saying Bayonara? And am I? did I really just come up with Bayonara? I don't know. Has anyone ever said Bayonara? Or is it just stupid enough that you wouldn't say Bayonara? Because guess what? I don't think so. I think it's like right on. I think Bayonara is my new favorite thing to say. And I think we should all start saying it. Um, you know, I always... Why do people even get annoyed with the fact if you're like outdoor and there's sound, people are like, I don't want to hear birds chirping. You know what I mean? I think that's always funny. I My brother-in-law used to live by a train track, by a train. They lived in this awesome little dead-end street. They were like two houses from the end where there was just a row of bushes where there was a train, and it was a train stop. You would just walk through the bushes, and there was a little train stop. No, like, nothing, just like a bus stop, but for a train. And I was like, why... Would you ever complain about that? Do you also hate golden retrievers and wrought iron beds and quilts? If you don't like the sound of a train, who are you? If you don't like the sound of birds and a cool breeze, who are you? I don't get it. That's like saying, yeah, I can't stand when it rains at night. I can't stand falling asleep to the rain. You don't love life. Um, Jay Larson Comedy. (laughs) Jay Larson Comedy on social media. Instagram. I will tell you guys this. Some people reached out. I'm going to continue to make Instagram and Facebook and uh, YouTube videos. If you're on social media, you'll see that like I post little clips from this podcast there. I'm just going to be doing those. I'm going to try to do like little ones of those for like you guys and for people who enjoy them and uh, just that. So I want to try to address some of the people that reached out to me. Like Troy Nielsen. Dude, I love your ratings. Um, uh, Troy really liked when I went solo, and I appreciate that, man, and riffing off childhood and stuff like that. And he asked me differences between the three places I've lived in my life, Stoneham, Massachusetts, New York, New York, Los Angeles, California. You know, there's a big difference. Everyone talks about L.A. and New York, especially if you talk to, like, comedians. Like, there's always, like, L.A. comics and New York comics. Let me give you the first breakdown on that. New York comics, they can write. You know what I mean? I'm not saying L.A. comics can't. I'm just saying I watch New York comics. I'm like, God damn, this kid can write. Um, For instance, Sam Morrill, Mark Norman, those dudes write. Jessica Kirsten writes. And then I see, you know, L.A. comics, and we tell stories, and, like, we're a persona sometimes. Anyway, this is when I noticed some of the vast differences between East Coast or living in New York City. First of all, New York City is different than any other city 
at least in America. Like people have told me, obviously, like Tokyo and, you know, I've never been to New Delhi, you know. I don't even know if that's a city. But uh, I remember, like, after I was living in New York, I came back to L.A. and we went out to this restaurant and there was a window and you could just see. You could just see. There was a view. In New York, there's no views. You know what I mean? You just look across the street at another tall building, except, like, when you're in the West Village or, like, uh, Lower East Side, stuff like that. But essentially, like, there's just more space in L.A. And and here was something else I always noticed. When I lived in L.A., I sang more. You know why? Because you drive a lot. Where do you sing? I sing at home. No, you don't. You hum. You sing along at home. When you're driving in your car, you sing. That's when you're screaming like, Oh, we're halfway there. Here you'd be like, I mean, in New York, oh, we're halfway there. Otherwise, you got people like complaining like, Turn your music down. You know what that is? That's fresh squeezed lemonade. Made that myself. If you've never made a food item that you picked, you're missing out. If you've ever picked oranges, there's an L.A. difference. We have lemon trees and orange trees. My neighbors have fig trees. Gave me all these figs, and I made like a fig jam, and I made that lemonade. I was never like a big lemon. I'm not a very big juice guy in general. I like a cranberry juice. It's nice. Ice cold. An apple juice over ice. Oh, when I was in college. I used to get AJ's over ice all the time, and I would bring him to Father Cass's class. He did like a Wednesday night class, 7 to 10, three-hour class. We had a half-hour break, go to the coffee shop, grab an AJ over ice. Uh, when it waters down, I just like all my juices watered down. But recently, my wife's been getting OJ for the kids, and I had a glass, and I was like, oh, my God, how good is an orange juice? Anyway, that lemonade is dope. I think you know about me. I'm an Arnold Palmer guy. If you don't know anything about Arnold Palmer's, I'm a 60-40 guy. Sometimes 70-30. 70-30, 60-40 depends if I'm making it home. If I'm ordering a restaurant, I order 70-30 because it's just too much. It's too sweet or too tart or too much acid. You know what I mean? Uh, but this guy, Troy, Troy Nielsen uh, lives in Burlington, Massachusetts, which was a couple towns over from me. We used to play them in high school, actually, in sports. And we go to the Burlington Mall. Burlington Mall kid. Like, what are kids going to do in high school now? After the pandemic, you're going to go to malls? Are malls ever going to come back? Maybe they will. But people are going to get so comfortable with ordering offline. What is it about a mall that you like? As a kid, it's just a place to go and you know you're going to see other kids and you can go get something to eat. You can look at sneakers, whatever, video games. But like now everyone's going to get – I like as an adult, there's this one mall in L.A. which is outdoor. I never complain about the sound. Um and I just like going to a clothing store. Like if you go to like a Nordstrom or like a Bloomingdale's or a Macy's, any of those places that have like 15 different people, like designers or brands, then you can try on different stuff. Not Some people make better sweatshirts. Some people make better pants, jeans, T-shirts, whatever, you know. That's what I like. Some stuff you can order online. But do you know what's the worst? Let me tell you this. This is something that I don't see myself ever doing. If I order something online and I get it, I almost never return it. I'm just like, what am I going to do now? I'm going to like, what? I, I'm going to save a return address stamp, then I'm going to box it, then I'm going to go somewhere and mail it back, and then wait for the refund. Can I, it's just, it's like pointless. It's why, like, if you order off Wayfair and it's not what you wanted, they don't even tell you to send it back. They're like, ah, eh, just keep it. 
That's how cheap one Wayfair is, is that they made that rug or had it made for like eight cents and then sell it to you for 130 with free shipping. And then they're like, they're like, do you want to get a new one? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to get a new one. They're like, ah, just keep that one. Because it doesn't make any sense for them to ship it back. They're going to have to repackage it. It's probably dirty. You know, whatever it is. That's just, that's insane. That's why I personally like going places. I want to go to the place. I want to pick it out. I want to talk to the salesperson. I want to smell. Yes, it takes more time. I don't care. I need to have those things. Anyway, thanks, Troy. Someone brought up, like uh, I mentioned, I'm writing on this golf show. And I was thinking about this. There was this there was this golfer. I was golfing one time with this these two dudes. I got paired up with these guys. And one of the guys hit a bird with his golf ball. It was a big bird. I it was a I'm not saying it was a rare bird, but it was like a big bird. I I, I didn't it wasn't like, oh yeah, it was a it was a goose, you know. It was just some bird I had never seen. And like the bird was kind of like flailing around and was injured like it was hurt like it it like it was going to die or was trying to die or you know it was not flying and i called down the clubhouse i'm like hey man we got a we got a bird down here that you know you got to send maintenance to take care of this bird and they're like all right and the guy must have been like a couple holes over because he just drove over to the hole and you know the bird was like up next to the green at this point like had like staggered up to the green and it's like he was like you know it was sad. And so but we're all trying to putt, you know, and this this bird's dying on the side of the green or injured. We don't know what's going to happen. But the maintenance guy comes over and just pulls out a, a shovel and just starts beating this thing, like putting it out of its misery. You know, how else are you going to do it? I don't know. Just starts whacking this thing with a shovel. And we're all sitting there watching it like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Well. The next hole, or two holes later, the guy that had hit the bird had, like, a bad drive. You know, like, he just had a bad shot. And as a joke, I go, oh, you shouldn't have killed that bird. Now, I don't even know this guy. You know what I mean? I just think it was funny. Like, I just, I tend to find humor in things that some people just don't want to find humor in. And that was one of them. And he didn't say anything. And then a couple of holes later, he missed a putt. And I'm like, I got to tell you, man, you got to think how that putt would have went different if you hadn't killed that bird. And his buddy grabbed me. He's like, hey, man, will you lay off the bird? He's kind of upset about it. And I was like, oh, I I mean, of course, you know, most people are a lot more sensitive than I am probably and would think like, yeah, nobody wants to hear about the fact that they just killed a bird. Anyway, I just figured I'd get that story in for you guys. Gary in Toronto I don't usually email podcasts, but I figured since I'm enjoying your show and comedy, maybe I should. I appreciate that. Um, was I a Jordan fan? I don't think you could be a sports fan or a basketball fan and not have been a Michael Jordan fan. Like, you didn't have a choice. He was the best. Now, I was a Celtics fan, you know, and so, like, we were, like, that whole Bird era was kind of, like, fading away i mean bird was still there but like mikhail and parish and then you had like um when we had reggie lewis and then we were supposed to have lenny bias and the lenny bias died jordan was like you it didn't matter you could be the biggest 
fan of whatever your team is and playing Jordan in the finals and you're just watching Jordan and there's nothing you can do about it. So you and most people would be like you would hate, you know, like certain athletes, they're so good you hate them. Jordan just didn't have that. He had that bald head and he had the Jumpman logo. Yes. I didn't have like I never had a pair of Jordans. I've still never owned a pair of Jordans. Um and I never had Nike's. I was buying whatever Marshalls had that looked good. Usually red high top Adidas that like didn't sell well. Um, and I haven't started watching. Why would I? This is so funny. He basically wants to know what it was like when I knew of him. You know, I didn't even get, I wasn't into college sports back then. And, uh, except for football a little bit, but not basketball. So I didn't even know him at North Carolina, but like, uh, Jordan, I think captured everyone when the guy was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go play baseball. Not to mention dudes. In baseball, I don't know if people like if you're not, if you're like a hardcore baseball fan, you know this, but it's not like there goes minor leagues then pros. You know what I mean? In basketball or football, you get drafted, you either play in the pros. You could go play in the Canadian Football League, or you could play in the D League for basketball. Go play in like Greece, Australia, China, Israel, Russia. You know, you could go play in those other leagues and then come back the CBA. But like baseball. You don't go to another place and then come to the States unless you come like, you know, there are Japanese Korean players that come over after a while. But you get drafted and you go to the minors and it's not just like you go minors pros. You go. There's like three divisions of single A. There's a couple divisions of double A, then triple A, then the pros like you can play in the Gulf Coast League. You can play in like spring leagues, extended spring training leagues like you could be. I played baseball with a kid who was. Through 94 miles an hour, gas, 6'5", built like Roger Clemens. And the highs he made it, I think, was to single A or double, maybe double A. Jordan started in double A. He started in double A and hit home run. I mean, anyway. Yeah, he didn't dominate, but he was just nasty. Nasty. Anyway, I appreciate you, Gary. And uh, he says that I'm kind of like a modern-day Mr. Rogers. Dude, that's a huge compliment. I consider myself a modern-day Huel Hauser. If you don't live in California or you're not 70, you probably don't know who Huel Hauser is, but he used to host this show on PBS called California Gold, and he'd go around. California's so big, he'd find all these small towns with all these little tiny things like oh, the Apricot Festival, and you know, and he would go to these towns, and he and he was he's he's corny, but I loved him. He'd be like, "Well, that's terrific." That was Hugh Hauser. That is terrific. And if I could go right now and be Hugh Hauser the rest of my life, I would love it. You go whitewater rafting in Northern California, whatever. You know, there's a lot of different things. Um, everyone that's written me says the same thing. I don't usually reach out and write these things much, but I'm sure you hear much more inspiring messages. I don't really know. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Ian. Um I appreciate you, man. Uh, some, you know, a lot of people. I think we listen to podcasts, or we watch TV, or we listen to radio shows, or we read books for inspiration. And a lot of you guys have said that to me is either like it's inspiration, or it feels good, it you know gives me some kind of like comfort. And I and I appreciate everyone that says that because I know that like I never do that either. I'm not a I'm not a big like email in. Um, I have been doing it lately on Instagram. Like, there's this guy, and his Instagram handle is slightly choppy. 
slightly choppy uh, in reference to like choppy waters and sailing. And he and he makes all these like cool retro looking like, you know, flags of towns in California and like nautical theme stuff. And I just love it, dude. It's just cool. And he's got this awesome workshop. And I messaged him like, dude, I love your feed. Where is your workshop? What is that building? Because it looks like it's some surf shack like on the East Coast. And it turns out he's in an old factory down in like Newport Beach or something. And then there was this other person who lives in this like cabin in the Santa Monica Mountains that they built the cabin themselves. And I follow this one feed called the Maverick Journal on Instagram. And it's all like interesting cabins and homes. And they put up a picture of this guy's cabin. And I just... I've asked him, I've hit him up three times. Like, hey, can I, can I come? Like, do you need me to like someone to swing a hammer? I'd love to meet you. You never got back to me. Um, anyway, Ian, I'm bummed too, buddy. And I also want to say, I will be back, you guys. I will be back in some other capacity. Like I said, I'm going to make, you know, plenty of videos and I'm going to come up with other stuff. And, uh, you know, Skylar, my producer and I have come up with some ideas of things that we might do. And then might there be a podcast down the road? Yeah, there might be another podcast down the road. I don't know. I'm just right now going to focus on uh, some other stuff. Uh, this is from Michael Golden. Um, you guys are so funny. Um, yeah, I love you, buddy. He's telling me he'd pay for this podcast. I love your style. I would love it if you did. Then you probably like – he also wanted to hear some golf stories. Um So you got the golf bird story, the golf bird story. I'm trying to think. I haven't had many. I had that one time. One time I golfed with Nate Bargatze, and we were playing, and it was a par four, right? And Nate, if you know Nate, he's a very subdued guy. He's very chill, very soft-spoken. I imagine Nate does not like confrontation in any capacity, and he's also a hilarious stand-up and amazing writer um, as a stand-up. Otherwise, not that great. And we were golfing, and we're playing on a par four, and... It was a short par four, so I'm, I said to everyone, I'm like, well, you go, you go, because I, I kind of hit the ball long, and I could still see people in the green. I'm like, I'm going to hit a three-wood just because, like, you know, what's I feel like I could reach with a driver. It's not like a very tough course, you know. In fact, this course used to have 15 holes. It used to be a 15-hole golf course. That tells you a little bit about the course, okay? So the, the hole was maybe like 260, right? I, I know I could hit it with driver. So I hit three-wood. We get up to the green, and I don't see my ball. And the group before us is like an older foursome, older, like 60s, 70s maybe. And uh, it's three gentlemen and one woman. And they're walking off our off our green, like walking towards the next tee box. And the I say, I'm like, hey, did you guys see my ball? And one of the older gentlemen goes, it went over. And like there's a fence behind the green. I'm like, over? And like basically it had like gone hit and then rolled up and went over the green. And I was like, oh, thank you. And the, the woman goes, you hit him. And I go, I go, what? And she goes, you hit him. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I didn't, I, I go, I went last and I hit a three wood. I had, I, I think I just like cut the wind or something. I, I apologize. And she goes, yeah, well, you should be more careful. And I go, yeah, I'm sorry. And she goes, you should apologize. And I go, I, I just did. I'm like, what more can I say? Like at some point, what more can you say to people? I said I'm sorry. I gave you an explanation. I definitely didn't mean it. With or without the explanation, I didn't mean it. And Nate and I, it's me and Nate, and we're playing with this other guy. Now, this is like the fourth hole, 
Okay, so we got 11 holes to go. <laughs> no, it was 18 at this point. So we get 14 holes to go. And this guy comes up to me. He goes, just say you're sorry and move on. And I was just like, I was so annoyed. I'm like, dude, first of all, you you were with me. You know I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't know. Who makes you, who thinks you're going to rip a three wood 260 like every time? You don't. I got a hold of one. It happens. And he goes, just say you're sorry and move on. And I looked at him. I go, you know what, dude? You you handle your business how you handle your business. I'll handle my business how I handle mine. And the guy walked away. And then I'm walking, and Nate's next to me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Am I making you feel uncomfortable? He goes, nah, it's actually kind of nice to see you in action. <laughs> I was like, I like your style, Nate. Sometimes it's fun to just be with a guy who's chirpy. That's definitely, I'm definitely chirpy. I think I'm going to chill it out, though, after this uh, quarantine. You know what I mean? I think I'm going to take it down. I think I'm going to take it down a notch. Seth Jennings. Again, someone else who does not email people because he titled it, Here Goes Nothing. (laughs) Here Goes Something, dude. Um, This is just what he says. Do drugs, dude. Jay Smokes. Then do the three line, through line, or microdose. You're suggesting microdosing, bro. Um, which nothing wrong with that. I have friends that microdose. Um, you know what? Here's the problem. Anytime I smoke or do anything, I get completely unfocused, um, unsure, anxiety. It's just too much. I'm like, no. When I come to do something, I do it. And especially since, you know. It's almost been 20 months that I have been off booze, which isn't, you know, this has nothing to do with, like, weed. But, like, I've gotten so comfortable in a space of, like, being creative without anything. Like, uh, like even, like, when I'm writing scripts or on shows and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I'm way more comfortable now. And, like, in my zone, I know what I'm talking about. I like what I'm delivering that I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't even need that stuff, you know, or, or I don't want to. Um, okay. So I don't see myself, I mean, it might be a fun experiment and sometimes you like, you need to let go, dude. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, another one from Ashley Strava. Ashley Strava. I enjoy listening to Throughline over the last year. I originally saw your wrong number clip on Conan. A lot of people have. That's something that we're thinking about doing. Like Skylar and I have found that there's like a lot of people who have covered that joke, either animated it or done a cover of it or, like, VO'd it. And uh, so I think that we might find a way to, like, build that into one video and make that. But I I love how many people have found me through that. And then people get to this and they're like, this isn't what I expected, dude. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry that you expected something different. That'd be like watching Steve Martin. First of all, I'm not comparing myself to Steve Martin. But it'd be like watching Steve Martin stand up and then like find out he plays banjo. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go. And then it's like, oh, it's just all bluegrass? No. I, I thought it was going to be him with an arrow through his head. No. Some people want to do different things and not be pigeonholed. You fuck. <laughs> um... Yeah, a lot of people, Crab Feast was such an awesome thing. I love that. And then you saw me on the Mostly Crowd Work Tour. I love doing crowd work. Think about this, guys. Stand-up is going to be, I don't know what's going to happen with stand-up, man. I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of people are going to be doing podcasts, you know what I mean? That's how I roll. Everyone 
It's like, whoa, got to do a podcast. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do a podcast. <laughs> um, Actually, I appreciate you reaching out. And you're welcome for all the laughter and the many others. Uh, I hope that you catch me on tour eventually as well. Because I'm hoping to, at some point maybe. I think it's either going to be one of two things. Either I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to quit completely. Or like find a way. I love that someone comments on YouTube. I love the weekly transmissions. Yeah, a lot of people... This is such a weird time right now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everyone's finally, like, uh, like getting a grasp of this thing that it's like, you know, at least here. It's not going away in the next two months or anything. Um, Glenn X. Finally. Always improving. Keep this up. <laughs> that was two weeks ago on YouTube. Dude, I'm canceling it. Um, You know what, though? Here's the thing. I I was trying to think of like what things got canceled in my life that I loved. And let me tell you something. If you're listening right now, you love this because the numbers weren't great, first of all. And then I announced I'm going to like end it. And if you're still listening, you love it. And I appreciate that. My God, that's just like amazing. Um, And the only thing I could think of is like when athletes retired – you know, like Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots. I could have cared less. Not because I don't love him. I do, but I can't wait to see him play in Tampa. And when he retires, he gave so much and joy to, like, New England fans. I'm going to be like, dude, whenever you want to call it quits, you earned it, bro. He could have he retired five years ago, and I would have been like, dude, carry on, man. But when Seinfeld ended, that was the one time in my life that something ended that I was just like, what am I going to do? So much so <laughs> that not only do I watch reruns of Seinfeld still, but when Seinfeld ended, I had a v- I would set my v- VCR to record it during the day. And then I had a whole tape of just Seinfelds. And when I would get home from this was in college, was, you know, when I had flunked out of my gradual institution of degree uh, I was taking classes at like other places and there was this one school Salem State Salem State College it's in Salem Massachusetts which by the way Salem Massachusetts if you're from Massachusetts might be the most underrated city in the world and with the most potential it's this cool little town you know they used to burn witches there but it's this cool town and it's got so much potential for like great restaurants and there are great restaurants and there's like cool buildings and hot, it's just awesome. It's on the water. Anyway, my boy, Joey Maz, he went there. And so when I flunked out of my school, I started going, taking a, I did a semester taking like three classes there and I would drive with him. And I don't know what I was doing that. I was so tired every day, but some days I wouldn't even go to class. I would just like sleep in his car and wait for him. But he and I were just huge Seinfeld fans and we would come home and we would, we would just get to, we'd go to, go to the square. There was this place, I can't remember now where we would order from, but we'd order from this like, this like sub shop that made these unbelievable steak and cheese subs. Now, back where I grew up, steak and cheese subs were like cut up like super fine. Uh, but these were like chunky and just amazing. And we get like, we would double dip like buffalo chicken fingers and a steak and cheese with fries, Cokes. And we would just watch Seinfeld reruns. We'd get home from college, 
college. We get home from school, sit in my room, watch reruns of Seinfeld. When Seinfeld ended, I was I was painfully hurt. I couldn't I still haven't let go. I still watch them. I still quote them. Anytime like I'm on like I don't go on Instagram and just look into like search every now and then I'll I'll be like uh architecture and I'll just search that and like look for cool feeds. But sometimes like if I'll go to search I don't want to like go through my feed to find a friend. I just go to search and I'll go over there and there'll be something. It'll be like a Seinfeld clip. I'll click it no matter what. So again, in no way am I comparing myself to Seinfeld. But I will say that, my God, if you are upset about this going away, which so many of you aren't like devastated, like people were at the crab fees. Then people were very devastated. But, now it seems like you guys are just like bummed and you're like wishing me good luck and I it's so sweet and so so thoughtful um but that was the only time I was really devastated by anything ending um I can't really think of any like what other shows were on that ended that people I think people like that love modern family because I know cuz people are like you know modern family last episode and I'm like oh yeah I don't really watch I the only time I watch modern family is when I would go home to Boston and stay at my brother's house, my brother was always on kicks. He's just like me. We'll binge stuff. So even if he's seen him, he'd have like a bunch DVR and he'd be like, it'd be late and we'd be hanging out and he'd be like, you want to watch Modern Family? And I was like, sure. And I would watch Modern Family with him. And it's like, I, my brother is kind of like the only other per. my brother's the only person but one that I love watching something that they're into because of how much they're into it and that's what it is with my brother like you watch modern family or veep with my brother you start to see what he laughs at like while you're watching it because i don't really have a frame of reference i'm not i wasn't like a veep fan or a modern family so when you start watching it you start seeing him laugh and i'm like oh yeah yeah that's i love that he loves that and then i'm looking out for those moments and then all of a sudden you kind of like sink into what they love about it uh the only other time was my wife got there's so many shows that I got into because of my wife. Vanderpump Rules, my wife watched for a while. I was like I'm like this trash and then I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. I forget some comedian does a great joke about like I think it's Kevin Christie where he's like, Oh God, you're watching that? And then later on you're like, Oh, is this show still on? And then like the next one is like, What? why is she doing that? She's the one who backstabbed and the next one, like two months later, you're like, Hey, Vanderpump Rules is on Anyway, uh, that Homeland she got me into. I watched a season of that, The Affair, on Showtime, which I totally dug. Um, anyway, all those, uh, you know, were great. So this is the 14th of May. Let me show you. 14th. That means after this, there'll be two more. Uh, this one I was just way underprepared for. I don't have my studio anymore, and I uh, am on this writing gig, and then another writing. There's this thing, so that wasn't as prepared. Again, if there's some things you guys want me to talk about, write me. And the last two episodes will be a little longer and a little more flushed out. This was, let me just go through the people that wrote to me because I wanted you to know that I cared because I appreciate you taking the time. I think anytime, it's tough sometimes, like after shows, when people are like, you know, you people come up to you and you just are like, thank you, I appreciate it but you really can't like take the time to like acknowledge them the way you'd want to. And this was nice because 
there was only about 10 of you guys and I wanted you all to know that I appreciated it and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week okay thanks guys Thank you.